Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Fridays in the Top End, thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Robbie the Guru Hale, I want to talk a little bit about junior football in the Northern Territory, but I think a good segue to that is to announce the, not announce like it's breaking news or anything, but talk about Lloyd Johnson's debut. So yep. very, very exciting news, that one. Sort of, I wouldn't say I was completely surprised, but took me by a surprise a little bit hearing that news yesterday. I know he's been in really good form in the VFL and the Gold Coast Suns are flying in the VFL, so he's been a big contributor to that. But Lloyd Johnson, what do you know about him as a junior footballer? Obviously, you've coached against him and, mm. and, and coached maybe coached him, have you, in that development sort of team or been involved with the NT Thunder under-18s and spent a bit of time there. So what do you know about Lloyd Johnson? Yeah, so Lloyd Johnson sort of come on my radar when Travis Rabig was um, coaching him at uh, under-16 level at Wanderers. And definitely, and I think that would have been like his first season as well. So he's a pretty, pretty I think raw. he was pretty raw coming yeah. in. Um, obviously comes from Borrelula, and Borrelula is a big soccer background. So Travis Rabig, though, when he coached him, did like give him a lot of license off half back, and he sort of wasn't too accountable and sort of just run off and created a lot, which was pretty good. Um, he obviously stood out, and um, definitely we had a pretty strong side in the 18s when we played against him, and he played. And but he was always in their best two or three and gave us nightmares. It was like we constantly were kicking the footy to him. Mm. Um, and then he was down at Adam Crow's playing as well, and I did drive him back to Darwin. Um, that was about two or three years ago. So I did drive him back and very quite modest sort of kid. And mm. you could sort of just tell like, the vibe from speaking to him that he always wanted or destined to try to do something bigger for his life. Yep. Um, and you, you sort of see that in Darwin. Sometimes you see the kids that have the talent, but just not the mental mm. um, capacity or, you know, whatever you could call it. But he definitely had that drive, I could tell, within him that he wanted to play as high a level as he could. Yeah, and he played very good football, didn't he, when he progressed into the senior ranks. So was basically like yeah. a Mitchell Taylor clone off the back line when he played in that role. Was not the first player to bring it to the NTFL, but maybe one of the better intercept marking players when he played that role for Wanderers. Was rewarded with selection into the representative team and, you know, played quite well at that level as well. So has progressed into the VFL um, and playing very good football against senior men. Yeah, and what's one thing I've got a, criti- like a bit of criticism on NTFL clubs is that you got to play these kids earlier. Um, and, you know, like you can do all these development programs and junior programs and all this stuff that clubs run. But if you're not giving them senior games or seeing Premier League reserve games, then their development's just going to stagnate. And Lloyd was like that as well. Lloyd probably should have played Premier League the year before um, and then played the year later and was, you know, pretty much a standout and played in the rep side. So you can't tell me that he should have been playing senior football earlier. Mm. But he's got there now, um, dominating for the Suns. And it's going to be a good experience for him as well, coming into his um, second AFL preseason as well, Jacko. Against Carlton, so a pretty big game for him as well. If he can play mm. well here, it's going to going to be great for his career. Um, well done to John Kenzie, the Pints champion, who sort of set up a Darwin middle school competition. He's got the Gold Coast Suns involved in that. But O'Loughlin College have done the double. So the boys have 
Who'd they defeat? Dripstone by mm. 47 points yesterday at TIO Stadium, while the girls defeated Sanderson Middle School by 36 points. In the boys' game, Isaac Paris starred with three goals and was best on ground. In the girls' game, Daisha Daly and Peggy Rock were the stars, with Rock claiming best on ground honours. Is there enough middle school football being played, Robert? Is that an age group that perhaps we might be neglecting, considering the fact that the School Sport Australia Championships were just played over the last week and Northern Territory did not have an under-15s team participating? That's, that's, was, that was very concerning for me. Yeah, I didn't even know that was the case, but it, it sort of sums up where we're at, doesn't mm. it, with the development in, so in, in TFL? Yeah, that's shocking. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the reasoning for that is, but... Um, I think junior development and then NT's obviously gone backwards at a, at a whole, you know, in a massive level now. Why and how? Um, how can that happen? I think, I think when some, I don't know who it is, but the powers that be sometimes with the Thunder program, they're asking clubs to nominate their own 16 players, and you got football clubs that nominated 16 players in the under 16 grade. Like you just mm. stuff like this, just and then people being unrealistic at club unrealistic level. at club level, but the club and the NTFL, like the NT Thunder program, don't sort of. There's there's issues there. Um, I think I think the best 15 players in each age group should be Thunder players before club players. Mm. That's my opinion, and they should train at the academy uh, through you know Sunday all the way to Wednesday. Then the club get them on Thursday. They play their game and then straight it back into um, Thunder on the Sunday and the rest and recovery. And that's that's sort of my vision for it because the clubs just aren't set up Does, to look after these players. I, I believe you hear a lot of complaints about Thunder and mm. the AFLNT and stuff like that. Let's be honest from Clubland. So do you think that people at Clubland would trust Thunder and trust the Northern Territory State Academy programs to have their kids for four or five days a week and take them out of their systems? Like if you're an under-18s coach and you, you took training very seriously when you were coaching under-18s St Mary's, if you had Northern Territory coming and taking your star kids away and saying, hey, no, we've got them, would you personally and do you think other coaches at junior level would have the trust that they're receiving the right development at the State Academy program? Yeah, I definitely would. But I don't think that's the case for, you know, I think that's it's horses for courses for that. But even when I was playing in that under-18 premiership, you know, sort of thing, I was when I was winning flags at that level, I sent through four or five players to the Thunder Academy to mm. look at. Um, and other clubs had eight or nine. And we're beating those clubs by ten goals. And I was like, this doesn't add up. Because mm. like, I knew that there was a talent levels. Um, but I just don't... I, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done between the clubs and the players, um, and you know, and Thunder to bridge that gap mm. um, you know look even at Banks here where we're operating out of a container right now we're, we're going to have a pretty successful year but that's how we've been operating you know we've got a couple of good juniors coming through that are, are training with us that look pretty good that might play Premier League reserves footy but we don't, we're not set up how Thunder is and I think they need to start that talent identification at 14s as well, Jacko. That's another aspect. Yeah. Well, there is going to be a talent identification this weekend with the Michael Long Cup. 14 boys and girls team. I believe it's 14. I could be wrong with that number. Um, 14 teams across the Northern Territory will be playing uh, in Darwin and it will be a, a like a form as an identification for the Northern Territory under-16s teams. Yeah. Um, Nycliffe Shannon Miller has put in a mountain of work in that, so well done to Shannon. As I said, well done to John Kenzie getting that middle school's competition up and running. He has involved the Gold Coast Suns, so it's officially called the Gold Coast Suns Middle School Competition. Um, and, and his whole reason was he thought there was a lack of footy being played at middle school level. Um, I know there was a big gap there where you had some of the schools with Clontarf Academies playing pretty regular games as inter-Clontarf games and stuff like that. But the um, the broader school football at that level was sort of neglected a little bit, I felt. Yeah, um, well, you also add in, mate, like, 
the kids will play. Like, they'll start probably mid-October this year, then they'll break over the school holidays. Mm. So <laughs> there's just not enough footy for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a couple of aspects I still want to talk a little to a bit about with junior footy, including the primary school comp. So I'm coaching in the primary school comp, and it was just a ban on tackling to the ground. You tackle someone to the ground, it's a free kick. Done. That, that is what we're So we'll talk a bit more about that <laughs> after, Robbie. Plenty more to come here on SCN Fridays in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Checking the Northern Territory forecast, sunny in Alice Springs for your Friday, a top of 22 degrees. Darwin is mostly sunny with a top of 32, fine Saturday as well. And don't miss tonight's blockbuster between the Pies and the Lions, live tonight on SEN. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark and Rob Hale for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Friday is in the top end. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. So, Robbie, we were talking about junior football in the Northern Territory. I've been helping out with my local primary school team, the one that I teach at, um, and it looks like they have outlawed tackling. So I will have to double-check with the umpires to talk about the actual specifics around it. But from what I've seen from the three or four games that I've watched, any kid that tackles another kid to the ground will be paid a free kick against, regardless of whether... Like, I understand the outlawing of dump tackles and sling tackles and protecting the head and all that sort of stuff, but these kids are pretty much being gently put onto the ground and mm. a free kick's being paid against them. Um, I sort of... Contextually, I look at that. I look at the way the Northern Territory under-12s performed in Victoria, and obviously we're not expecting close games when they play South Australia and Western Australia and Victoria and that. But it's—I think it was like one goal to, you know, 500 points against or something like that across the uh, the five carnival games. Yep. Um, are we doing enough for these kids at that level? Like, we don't have a 15 Northern Territory team, which we spoke about before. Um, this whole School Sport Australia thing, I don't want to say... I don't want to be negative against School Sport Australia. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's a great organisation. But what can we do to help these kids and make sure that these results are a little more competitive? Yeah, well, back in our day, Clark, you had the overage players. I just don't know if they have that anymore. They need um, more, don't they? They, they, they need more because you can't... Yeah. You, if you have six players, maybe at 13s, um, six or eight, but that, that's even, you know, like we're just, we're just so far behind at the moment and it's a strange decision to do that. Um, I understand the importance around concussion, but... When they're at that under twelve, yeah, but mm. when they're at that under twelve primary school level, kids don't generally hit hard enough to nah. create that. A kid's going to struggle to even get you to the ground, and even my son that plays rugby and plays footy can get knocked to the ground quite easy, and then all of a sudden gets knocked to the ground, and gets a free kick. Mm. You're teaching really bad habits. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to go too far, but mm. you sort of like you need to learn how to take tackles as well and you yep. need to grow up being tackled and learning technique how to fall learning your best way to protect your health and protect your body and if you're not doing any tackling like I'm not I play local football I'm not the greatest tackler myself but mm. I still remember being able to tackle at 8, 9, 10 years old and being the op- given the option to tackle when playing at school if these kids are growing up and not even having the opportunity to lay strong talent tackles and they're 13, 14 years old 
Gee, they're they're behind the eight ball when they when they start playing serious football. Yeah, definitely are, um, and that's why you know, like I've I've got my son playing rugby and it's full tackle, and obviously that's um, <coughs> is what it is. But you know, his tackling's gone to another level from playing rugby league, and mm. he's, he loves his football. So that's you know, I'd rather him playing rugby league than school sport, school footy, if that's what's you know coming about. Yeah, and I mean, I put my hand up and say I'm speaking out of turn a little bit here. I have mm. no doubt there are people at AFL Northern Territory and people, um, at, you know, in the school sports system that know more than I do about junior development and that. But I just want to make sure that we. Perhaps I just want to make sure that we are aligned with the other states and the best states. Like, are they playing? Are the best under twelve Victorian kids in Victoria? Are they playing on small grounds and are they playing games that go for about half an hour? You know, we have the heat policy and stuff up here. Our kids are only playing what forty-eight minute games, aren't they? At under twelve yep. level or just about? No, no, yeah, it's yeah. like eight-minute quarters or it's something, something crazy during yeah, the it's heat crazy. stuff. Yeah, yep. so uh, are those kids getting the same development as the best kids in Victoria of the same age? The best kids in South Australia? of the same age that's the question I have yeah so that's pretty valid that's um, where it's at I think um, yeah pretty much so watch this space I suppose I know the Michael Long Cup this weekend so that would be a good opportunity for our 14 and 15 year olds to sort of shine for that under 16s level but I don't know they're still I, it makes you a bit nervous if they're two or three years behind these other states already by the time they get to that age in my opinion you know it's, it's a fine line between taking junior footy too seriously but geez, I tell you what mate if you want some entertaining reading go and read the Herald Sun article about the Victoria under 12 players they do like a big player profile in every single one and they're mm. specific it's like oh hard as a cat's head kicks with a laser left foot really good at directing play behind traffic and, yeah. and as we were saying before the NT one could be like kicks a nice drop punt every every now and then you know yeah. and stuff like that so yeah um, um, they take it serious down there mate well I was even talking to Johnny Anstess and Johnny Anstess is involved at um at under 12 and 14 level the last few years and he's you know up and coming coach as well in that junior space but he said that you know like He's um, Iggy Vallejo's son is down in Adelaide playing 20-minute quarters, and up here we're playing eight-minute or 10-minute quarters. It's just not good enough. And um, but if if the NTFL want to do this with the heat policy, then they need to open it up so that kids can play um, another grade. Mm. So I'd be happy for that's my under, my son to play under 12s and play under 14s Div two. Um, I'd be open to that, and that's sort of the development he needs. He's going to go up against big kids, but that's fine. But that way he can get four games, two you know, eight quarters of football in. Mm. But They've got rules around that now, so... Dry season footy has to improve, in my opinion. I yep. think if you're going to have a... I don't want to call it a Mickey Mouse junior comp in the Northern Territory Football League, but there are a few things, few things in that competition that you raise your eyebrows to with, you know, the heat policy and all that sort of stuff. Um, and some of these things are a necessity as well. But mm. if you're going to do that, that's fine. Then we need to have, like what John Kenzie was trying to set up, an established middle schools competition or something for our best, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds in, in the proper football season while the AFL is on TV, while you're trying to capture new kids to football, there needs to be a better competitions in Darwin for kids, in my opinion, in the off-season, in the dry season. Yeah, I, I agree with that, because there are kids that don't want to play other sports and don't, mm. they're just football kids as well, so it, I think we are missing a bit of a, you know, boat. I think in my primary school days, I think where there was a, you know, there, there was a Swans and all that that mm. you played in, I played out in grey. Um, yeah. Forgot the team's name, but I played out there as well, and it just keeps your footy going all year round, and mm. that's what'll be interesting as well. Another side point will be the Tiwi Bombers to see how they go, having played a whole season and fresh off that, yeah. um, and having that focus on the Tiwi Bombers now. Yep. So 
obviously not negative. I think they were good discussions just then, Robin, and I think they're discussions that need to be had. But let's talk about some of the some three juniors who are springing to mind as elite level talents potentially in the future. And we're talking a little a little bit down the track. Some of these girls are quite young, but Palmerston's Marika Carlton, uh, Peggy Rock from Nycliffe, and Tatiana Perry, who won the Rising Star last year, also from Palmerston. Three absolute superstar players. I watched Carlton play in the Darwin Knights competition, um, and she was best on ground and absolutely dominated basically won both the under 16s and under 18s ntfl best and fairest awards last year took out best on ground honors in the grand final for both of those grades um just a star of the future from what i've seen blistering speed great balance and a nice finisher so one to watch out for yep. at the elite level peggy rock's an interesting one so i first heard about her because someone said jackson you got to watch this under 14s girls player There's, they've got a joel selwood down there and i was like wow okay and i saw her play for the first time on the weekend also in that ninth competition and gee she's a good footballer she's going to be one to watch in the coming years. She won an under 12s best and fairest playing against the boys with the boys a couple of years ago, um, and has since won back to back under 14s girls NTFL best and fairest awards. So won it as a bottom major, and and won it again this year. I think she's about 13 or 14 years old. I've got absolutely no doubt she could play women's Premier League tomorrow if if that was that was a thing. Um, but she's one to watch for the coming years. And of course Tatiana Perry, who first saw her play in an under 12s boys grand final, which she dominated. Um, she's been a good junior player, and then progressed into the women's Premier League best and fair. Uh, sorry, won our best and fairest on our debut season. Debut season. Gee, that was a tongue twister. Yep. Um, for Palmerston last year and also featured in the NTFL rep team. I think she had a leadership role in that team as well. I don't know if it was vice captain or in the leadership group or something, but played a big, big role in that NTFL rep team. So I've spoken for a fair while here, Robbie, but those three mm. junior players are, um, are really impressive. Are the... And it's not like it has to be a competition. Not everything has to be a competition. But are our girls more talented than the boys at the moment? Do we have more talented girls? Like if you, if you were, if these were stocks, you'd rather have your money on the girls making a bigger impact at the elite level over the next ten years, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not too sure on that statement. It's just more that I think the girls there's less. Could you name a boy under the age of 18 that you think will play AFL? Yeah, maybe Will Rollins. But what I'm saying is, right. O'Clark, is that um, two or three years ago, the women's program was like pretty much tiered with the other states. Mm. And what I'm seeing now is that they're actually getting a bit of a gap because they were actually beating some of the yeah. sides and now they're starting to fall back. Yeah. So give it three, two or three more years and they're probably going to be back where the boys are. But is but, that natural population? Like, isn't that just where NT belong on? Isn't that like what we get at basketball and rugby uh, league? And I, think, I think that's sort of more development sure. stuff. When Yeah, well, definitely. Because it's... We, we used to be highly competitive against Queensland and these sides that had 4 million um, people. So, obviously, football is growing a little bit, but their player development pathways are a lot better. So, I think that's a direct replication of that. Um, I think we cap out. I just think that the development in Queensland has grown over the last decade, and then eventually they were always going to rise and be better than the NT once that development lifted nah, because of the population. I just no, I don't agree with that because if I'm looking back at the, you know how the NTFL boys even like my years in the under-18s, and obviously we can look back and say, um, we can judge whatever you want on the standard or whatever, but I think out of our under-18 side, probably 75% of blokes were playing Premier League footy. Mm. And now, it's all those kids, and most of them just sit back and play 18s. Like, the difference of the standard has affected them doing that. So, clubs have been reluctant to probably play blokes, and clubs have been easy going and just let kids pick under-18 football. But in turn, they go up and play nationals and they just get absolutely blown out of the park. Yeah. Well, look, I don't fully disagree with that. But from what I've seen, 
I think Carlton, Rock, and I believe Perry as well are elite-level prospects. I believe, like I watched Danielle Ponta play junior football, and obviously we've seen what she's gone on to do. And from the very, very limited football I've seen of Marika Carlton and Peggy Rock, I see those two players at that standard um, of Danielle Ponta, which I understand is a big call. Danielle Ponta won four consecutive league best and fairest in the same grade, which just never happens. I think that must be a world record. I, I cannot possibly think of another uh, competition around Australia where a kid's won four consecutive league best and fairest starting from 11 all the way up to the under 15 so no doubt she was a superstar junior but I'm telling you get down and watch Peggy Rock or Mariki Carlton and Tatiana Perry for that matter because I see elite level uh, AFL players all over those three so hopefully um, hopefully that happens um, and again it's not about throwing shade at the boys as well we want that we yeah, want development up here it's not a competition no we want to work out why um, you know how we can improve because the more NT players we have running around uh, you know it's exciting Rob it's exciting seeing Lloyd Johnson and players like that make their debut so hopefully that can there's a good little chat about NT football hopefully um, yeah the junior stuff can improve in the coming months and coming years Definitely. stay with us at SEN Fridays in the top end thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End, with Jackson Clark, Raf Clark and Rob Hale. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter.